0: I learned something interesting that I didn't know. Now, I come from Africa. I'm living in Europe. And I discovered that tax laws are different all over the world. But it's good that we understand what is tax? How does it work? What's the benefit of paying tax? Who pays tax? And We're going to hear this today from Justin Maxwell. This is now Tell Us, and I am your host, Anthony Mwairore. Justin Maxwell is all the way from the U.S., so most of what we're going to be learning about the taxes concern the U.S. But I believe that most of the tax laws or tax I mean, this is, we are calling it the tax code and he's going to tell us how that is I, I learned that most I, I understand that most work internationally most of the laws work internationally but then let's not assume let's go and meet an expert in the field his name is Justin Maxwell and let's go Hello Justin. Hi Anthony. Yeah. Good to see t- to see you here today at Now Tell Us.
1: Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to be here. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Yeah, welcome. And, and it's actually welcome back because you were here some time back.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah, I appreciated the, the chance for round two. So thank you.
0: Yeah, we are honored. Um and You like talking about tax. Can we know for a person who doesn't uh, know you, hasn't seen you before, uh, what's your profession? What do you do? Where do you practice it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a, a tax and wealth strategist. So I strategize around wealth and tax strategies for people to help them navigate the world of finance in a way that is going to be more aligned with what they need now, primarily, we're really focused on helping people keep more of the money that they're making. And so we look for ways that we can utilize laws, utilize strategies, utilize different methods to help people keep more money that they're actually making so that they can have more to then grow more and become, become more. If they don't pay attention to these areas that they have excessive spending or excessive expenses, they're going to have less. And so then they can't save as much and then they can't build as much, so we're gonna help them find more, create more, build more.
0: And that's cool. So today we are talking about demystifying tax code. Now, the tax code is something that may not be used worldwide. Please tell us what is tax code in your, because this is a term that you use in the US.
1: Yeah, so in the United States, the tax law is, called the tax code. So every country has some sort of way that they tax their citizens. That's how the government exists is they tax their citizens on either income or property or the sale of goods or gas or cell phones or um, alcohol, whatever. There's tax on things. So you purchase this, there's a little bit extra cost or a little bit extra price. There's some sort of tax. All of those rules are contained in what we call in the United States, the tax code. Uh, And that's how the citizens are taxed. Now, the US US is what I'm gonna be primarily talking about, but these principles are going to be able to be applicable to people worldwide because most countries have these same or similar ways to how taxation occurs and then how people can not pay as much in tax. It might be slightly different in the country that you reside But I want you to realize that as I'm speaking, there's probably something that's similar to or some sort of strategy that can be like or some sort of thing you could access that's very similar to what I'm talking about in your country. And the strategy would be the same. You just have to go find a professional in your country that can help you, that knows the tax code and can help you access it so that you can use it to potentially benefit you to keep more of the money you make. I come to
0: understand because of what we always hear about the US, is like every state has its own rules of doing things, way of doing things. H- how does that apply to tax?
1: Yeah, so in the United States there's federal tax where you have the United States government is taxing everyone in a similar manner and that each state has their own state tax and each state varies on what they tax. So some states will tax your income more heavily Other states won't tax your income at all, but they're going to tax your property more heavily. So if you own a home or you own land, that gets taxed heavily. Some states will do a heavy sales tax where you buy an item and there's more, it costs more because there's a heavier tax on it. And then some states have no cost on sales tax. So every state is going to vary. The federal government is where most of the taxes go, but the, the state taxes do have an impact. It's just a little bit more finite and depends on what state you're in on which way they're taxing it could be income could be sales could be property um, or gas or other things like that but those are the primary three depending on what state you're in on which where you're going to pay the tax
0: and i was uh, surprised to learn the other day that in the states there's an amount of income that you you can you don't have to declare until you reach certain amount of income what what's that? And is it that federal tax or state tax?
1: Yeah, so in the U.S., it's that's there's tax brackets. So your first ten thousand ish dollars of income, there's no tax, and then the, from ten thousand to thirty thousand, I apologize for not having this memorized, but there's a twelve percent tax. And then once you get past that threshold, so every dollar between, in this example, this is not the correct tax bracket because I haven't looked at the new updates. Let's just oh, yeah. say it's ten thousand to 40,000, every dollar between 10,000 and 40,000 will be taxed at 12%. And then once you cross 40,000 to we'll say 80,000, every every um, dollar earned there will be taxed at 14%. So it slowly gets bigger and bigger. So the more money that you're making in those brackets, you're taxed at a higher percentage, but every American is taxed in those same brackets. So when I earn 40,000, I'm taxed at the same amount as someone a billionaire that's earned their first forty thousand it's the exact same it's just that their brackets get big the b- brackets get bigger and bigger and the more money you're making a big so let's say you are making a million dollars a larger percentage of your income is being taxed at 37 percent versus if you're making forty thousand only a, a smaller portion of your taxes only be taxed at twelve percent does that make sense it
0: makes sense and this does not apply I mean does it apply to a specific set of people or, or other income or is just any income, whether it's a mm-hmm. employment income or property
1: income. Yeah. So that's the next, yeah, we got, this is another just nuance. So that's income. So that's income that we make, but then on top of that income, if you're a W-2 person, which is an employee. So someone that works for someone else, a, a portion of that income is taxed with what we call FICA, which is like, Social Security or the uh, Medicaid and Medicare, so that's like the retirement income for individuals. That's if people are disabled, as if people don't have money. That tax is also added on top of that if you're a W-2 person. Up to it's I think it's 162,000. So for every of those 162,000 you're paid, you have to pay 15% of that in FICA tax. Now, if you take distribution income, which is considered passive income, so this could be distribution income from a business. It could be passive income from, like, a rental property that you own or intellectual property that's spitting off money for you. Those, those type of dollars are considered passive. You only have to pay income tax on those dollars. You don't have to pay FICA tax on those dollars. Okay. Now tell us
0: the strategies to leave us with some extra money in our pocket.
1: Yeah, so absolutely. So I think first let's just take a step back and really understand what is tax law and what is the reason that they're actually offering the ability to even have strategies because I think there's a lot of confusion around this. Like everyone thinks there's loopholes and there's just different ways of manipulating and hiding and not paying tax when we shouldn't be thinking of it that way. Like that the, that term and verbiage shouldn't be attached to tax because the tax is just the tax law. So the first in the United States, I don't know how it is in other countries, but the first 50ish pages are how United States citizens are taxed. And then the rest of the tens of thousands, because there's about 80,000 pages when you include all the supporting documents, is how not to be taxed. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, the tax code contains, if you meet this criteria, you don't pay as much tax. If you meet this criteria, you don't pay as much tax. And so that's the rules. So it's not a loophole. It's just if you know the different criteria that are within the tax code or the tax law, you can go meet that criteria, and then the result will be you paying less tax. So it is what the really wealthy people in the U.S. do. Like I don't know if you've heard of, like Jeff Bezos or um, Zuckerberg, the billionaires in our country that own the the facebooks and the amazons and things. One of the reasons they always get criticized is they don't pay a lot of tax, is what people say. But the mm-hmm. reason is what is occurring is they're meeting a lot of areas of the criteria within the tax code. And the result is they pay less tax because they've met those areas of criteria. So let me give a few examples so that people can start to comprehend comprehend this. Because this is a, this is a big deal because if your mentality is around saving taxes that it's a loophole or it's sneaky, you're not going to be as likely to do it because you feel like you're doing something illegal. Like it feels dirty, right? If it's a loophole. Mm-hmm. But if you understand that that's the law and just meeting the criteria of the law helps me stay a tax. It's not a a sneaky thing. You're just doing what the United States government has said is eligible for a tax break. So let me give a few examples Mm -hmm. in the U S if you have a child, the United States government will give you a tax credit, meaning you have this child, you can reduce your tax bill by $2,500. The reason behind that, and there's a motivation behind all of these criteria within the tax code
0: Mm -hmm. is
1: Typically, people that have children are more responsible, less, better decision-making. They're not going to be rowdy and ruining society. They're better citizens, typically. So if we encourage people to have children, then that's benefiting society as a whole outside of just taking their money in taxation. So we're okay that person reducing their taxes because they're benefiting society in a way that we find valuable. Mm-hmm. Another reason is is every time a child is born, that child will eventually become a taxpayer. And so they're going to eventually get more taxation from that child. So they're okay reducing the taxation early on because that person is going to eventually pay more taxes in the future. So there's always a motivation behind every area. Another one is, is in the United States, if you own property, I know this is also the case in other countries. If you own property, there's tax breaks for owning property and letting that property be utilized for like other people to live in. So you're a landlord. The reason is, is if, because not everyone can afford a home or own property, at least at certain points of their life. So they need a place to live. If no one is a landlord, that means there's a lot of homeless people, which causes a lot of problems to society. Mm -hmm. So the government rewards people for being landlords, taking on the risk, having to deal with the tenants, having to deal with the property maintenance, having the ability to offer their home as a place to live in as a way will give you the ability to appreciate and reduce your tax bill from the money that you generate from this because it's benefiting society as a whole.
0: Okay. Because if we had a lot of
1: homeless people, it wouldn't be a good thing. So there's always a motivation behind every criteria within the tax code. So the more you understand the motivation behind it, the more you understand that these are just rules and that you can go find ways to meet the criteria, you're going to be able to keep more money in your pocket because you're helping the government is saying, we value your contribution here more than we value the dollar that you'd have to pay us in taxes. So you don't have to pay us as much. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So now now you can strategize around that you can start saying, okay, what, what do I have access to? What can I start reaching for? What is actually applicable to me that I can start? Okay. I'm really close to meeting this criteria. How can I meet this criteria fully so that I can receive the tax benefit?
0: How will I understand all these thousands of pages? Oh, that's where you come in.
1: Yeah. So that's why it's really if specifically the next thing it's important to differentiate, at least in the United States, people that are on the lower income that haven't earned that haven't learned how to make as much money or are still in the process of going to school and getting educated, and they don't they don't pay nearly as much tax. So they don't need tax strategy. Mm. So the tax strategy becomes very much more applicable with the more money you make. So as as you're a business owner, there's some things you should be doing to make sure you're understanding that you can pay yourself in unique ways and limit how much FICA you're gonna pay. But for the most part, tax strategy is becoming for people that are making 200, 300, 400, 500 plus thousand dollars a year. That's where tax strategy becomes a big deal. If you're Mm not making less than a hundred thousand, there's no reason to have a tax strategist or have someone on your team for that. It's just, Learn how to to make more income and get better at your craft, get better at creating value to people, get better at your business, get better at being a good employee, get better at whatever it is that you're trying to do so that you can eventually build up your income to eventually have the problem of paying a lot in taxes.
0: Hmm.
1: (laughs) That's cool. And then I know we're going
0: to learn a few of the strategies so we can start thinking of making more money to end up with more money.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it's good that uh, you tell us uh, this because every single day we get surprises of things that are happening that we have, have not imagined before. Just like um, a few months ago, uh, there was uh, some big talk. <laughs> was, it, uh, was it even a year or something? Okay, around that time, a big talk of, uh, because we are calling we are, we are dropping names. <laughs> a big talk about Donald Trump and um, where he buried his wife on his property because that was going to mean that his taxes were going to uh, it was it was a benefit to him in that did you did you know about that? How, how I don't
1: know it? I don't know the specifics around that mm-hmm. but let me describe why because people are really confused. Why does Donald Trump, why did he make so much money? And then why is his tax bill so small? Mm -hmm. The reason is, is because he's a real estate professional. And so he buys real estate and he's meeting the criteria of what I just described earlier of providing housing or providing places for business to operate. And he's taking the risk. He's the owner of that. And so he gets the tax break from that. He just Mm -hmm. did it on a massive scale. And so there's ways to enhance your strategies within real estate ownership by doing things like a cost segregation study, which allows you to take more tax breaks out of the property mm-hmm. than you would have had you didn't do a cost segregation study. So if you own real estate and this is something that even outside the U S if you own real estate, if you own property, it's really important that you understand the rules around how you can take tax savings with that. Cause in the United States, a cost segregation study is an extraordinary strategy for people to own a lot of real estate to really reduce their tax bill. And Donald Trump is a perfect example of why, because he made hundreds of millions, billions of dollars, but he had his tax bill so low because he owned so much real estate. And so, which are the tricks to reach
0: there? <laughs> maybe, maybe you have some tricks and strategies to not, even deal with the tax, but reach to that level? Is it, Do you suggest that we go into real estate or which are the steps? Which um, ideas could be out there for someone who's listening to this to use to grow his income and so reduce his tax and be, <laughs> be in yeah. The
1: that. Yeah, so that's a great, this is a, good, this is a good conversation. So I really want to just mention two things. One thing really quickly, it's really important that we don't lie about anything we're doing. If we're not meeting the criteria of a tax code, we don't fake it to get there. Mm -hmm. We're only telling the IRS they met a criteria if we actually met the criteria. So it's not like we're lying or being sneaky with this. We're just, if we meet the criteria, we're gonna tell the IRS they met the criteria that lets us keep more money. But for me, a lot of people are like, well, should I get in real estate? And that's not not for me to answer, that's for them to answer. Because real estate is an investment and it's not something that everyone resonates with or likes doing because mm-hmm. real estate requires you to be active or engaged in the tenants or the strategy you're utilizing. And I know there's some strategies without being engaged as much, but you're not gonna have as big of a tax benefit if that's, if that's the case for yourself. Like the less, the more active you are in the process, it's probably more likely that you're gonna receive more of the tax benefits. But as what I would say is if you don't like real estate, you don't have to use real estate as your only means. There's other things you can do to still save taxes. Real estate's just one example. And I think sometimes we, we always, some, I don't want people to make decisions for what brings them fulfillment or what brings them stress off of the tax savings. The tax savings should be the benefit of what we're doing, but it should be in aligned with our values and who we are. So if you don't like real estate, but you're doing it because of the tax benefit, it's probably gonna cause you a lot of stress. It's probably going to affect your relationships. You're probably not going to sleep as well at night. It might even affect your, if you're a business owner, your ability to produce in your business, or if you're an employee, you're not going to be as focused on your tasks because you've got this real estate thing over here. That's just driving you nuts. Let me give a personal example. This is a personal example for myself. So I've done some fix and flip real estate investing where I buy a property that's beat up and old and Mm -hmm. I fix it up and make it nice. And I resell it for a higher value. So I, didn't, I don't like that type. I hate managing people. I was always so worried that the contractor was doing things wrong. They, were gonna, they weren't doing it right. I had to go in and keep checking on them. So like, I wasn't focused on what I was actually doing and what actually was making me more money and actually driving my value to the world because I had this thing over here that I thought was cool because I wanted to be in real estate investing, but I didn't connect with flicks and flips. Some people love fix and flips. Some people are extraordinary at fix and flips and they do a great job with them. The tax benefits aren't fabulous with fix and flips, but if you like that, that's great for you. But don't just do something because it has a tax benefit. We don't the expression I like to, that I've heard and I really like is we don't want to let the tax tail direct the dog. Like the mm-hmm. tax like the wagging of the tax tail should not be the reason we do or do not do something. It should be in line with who we are and the value we're trying to deliver the world. We should be focused on helping more people and making more money and bringing more value to the world and then finding ways to meet areas of the tax code that meet and align with what we're trying to accomplish with the world. If it ends up we pay more tax because we don't meet as many, that's okay. We still made lots of money and we're going to continue to make more money in that. If we get into things where we're trying to drive our business through real estate and we want to save taxes, but it's driving us nuts, I would propose that you're probably not going to be as productive in your business, which means you're not going to make as much money, which means you might have. Fights with your significant other and not be as present at home. And it can have ripple effects outside of just that. So don't do any tax thing unless you're in alignment with who you are as an individual. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then comes the question of a professional, because I can't do my own taxes. I need to bring someone on board who is a professional. And my question is. How are the figures? Do you come in as a professional and take a percentage of what you're going to be dealing with? Or is it an hourly rate just like the other areas, just like any other?
1: Yeah, so I think this is a great opportunity just to explain tax teams. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people only have one tax person. So they have their accountant or their CPA. And that works great until we get to the United States about 250 or to about $350,000 of income. Like that accountant can do extraordinary things for you. They can do handle everything you probably need to handle on the tax side. But once we start making more income, you're getting outside the expertise of what that tax accountant can do. Because oftentimes in the U S there's three ways to save taxes. There's accounting methods, which is what the accountant is really good at. There's Mm -hmm. financial methods, which is like, I invest in this asset like real estate, or I invest in this specific industry like the oil and gas industry, or I invest in this piece of art. Those things are financial strategies that the accountant might not have access to, but those become very applicable once you start getting to the 350 range, the $400,000 of income range. So it's important that we need to realize that our tax team needs to grow as our income grows. No one's getting replaced. Like you're not replacing your accountant. You're just Mm -hmm. adding someone else that can give you access to the other areas of the tax code that might be applicable in alignment with what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. And so that's the role that our firm feels is we are that tax strategist piece that's on top of, or in addition to the accountant in collaboration with them. For example, I had a call this morning with an accountant and his client just collaborating about what's the best strategy going forward for this person this accountant wouldn't have brought those strategies to this individual unless I was in the, the situation. Mm-hmm. So it's important that your team gets bigger. And then as you even get bigger from this, it's probably wise to start bringing in tax attorneys and people that can even, you're, you don't want to just settle with a, one person or two people. It needs to be a group of people that help you accomplish your tax goals. Because if you're making 700,000 and you're paying 250, $300,000 in taxes, you might be able to keep, 150, 200 of that by using some of these strategies that now get to keep, you get to keep those dollars. Now you can keep them and put them back in your business or put them back into things that grow for you. And that's a big deal in the long term. $100,000 extra a year that you're keeping can go a long, long ways. Now, when it comes to like the fees of us, the way that we structure it is, is we have a... We're kind of in between right now, but right now is people only pay us if they execute one of the strategies we're helping them get into. Mm-hmm. So the strategy sessions have no cost. We are we are considering potentially having, let's have a strategy session. We'll have a fee and we'll work with you really hands-on throughout the entire year, but that's not there yet. So right now it's only the strategy sessions are free. If you execute them, then there'll be a, a fee towards us. Okay,
0: we get that.
1: Now, a question comes in.
0: I know the majority of the viewers or the audience are people who are not dealing with the six figures that we are talking about. So how do we work with those people who are listening? How can they benefit from this conversation?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm, I think this is applicable to, to other countries. and It most likely is is for the people that aren't making six figures is what you can do because you still pay taxes it's just a smaller amount but here's something here's just one thing you can do to potentially help you keep more is become a business owner so in the united states when you own a business it doesn't matter how big it is if you're a solopreneur you get the same ability to write off things and become the same like write off your car, your phone, your home office, and things like that at the same level that the Amazons and the Facebooks do. Like Mm -hmm. when you become a business owner, you have access to all of the deductions that are available for you. So that's the strategy for the people that don't make enough a ton of money yet is you become a business owner, start writing off lifestyle things that are just a part of your life. Like your phone is something Mm -hmm. utilizing your life, but you also need your phone to perform business. So you can start writing off your phone. Now, I don't want you to just go do this. You need to make sure this is where you hire the accountant and the accountant can help you write off your phone, write off your home office, write off your travel, write off your miles, write off your computer equipment and things like that. Don't just go and do it without a professional, but that's the strategy is you take things, you turn your life into a business so that you're making less of the dollars that you're more of the dollars that you're making are deductible. And that means that you get to keep more of them long-term so you can start driving them back in your business and maybe growing those dollars long-term. It's smaller dollar amounts, but that's the strategy for the, for the person that's not at six figures yet is find a way to become a business owner. Even if it's a side hustle business owner, it still is applicable to you. It doesn't have to be your full-time job. You need to be doing business. You need to actually be doing it, not just faking it, actually trying to get, make sales and sell products or sell services. But if you're doing that, you can turn a lot of your lifestyle expenses into deductions. And that's the strategy for you.
0: And that's good. And something that you mentioned there, and because I know you're in contact with such kind of uh, scenarios, you mentioned about turn your life into a business. How do we do that? Whatever it is that I'm doing, like um, now I am here and we are podcasting and uh, someone out there is just maybe like, what example could I give? You've, you've got those experience. What are the interesting yeah. things that you've seen people turn into a business?
1: Yeah. So when it comes to turning things into a business, to me, it's, what are you, what is the marketplace value? So is there something that the marketplace would buy for me or do that I already like doing? So, maybe i i already travel on weekends to x place or i go to a lot of expos why don't you become a person that sells stuff at that expo so now you're still going to travel to that place but now you're selling stuff at the expo so now the travel is an ex is written off because you're going there you still get to experience the expo but now you're one of the exhibitors or that's mm-hmm. just an example or if you really like real estate get a real estate license and start selling real estate properties on the side and you get to go drive around and look at a whole bunch of different properties, you go into them. So you're still experiencing the effects of real estate, but now you also get to get some of the upside of selling a property every now and again, because you're in that world. Another one is, is where you, you find ways to make business, instead of going on vacation, you make it a business trip. So you do business on your trips, you do business on your vacations. To allow you, so whether that's going to a conference or a training, or you hold quarterly meetings, or you go meet a client, or you buy a rental property, there, like you're you're creating a business out of your life. Um, you can write off meals in a lot of countries in the United States. You can write off a portion or all of your meals. So have business dinners instead of just dinners. So bring clients to dinners. Have more relationships. Things like this is where. You're, you're already doing these things. You're already eating dinner. How can you turn it into a business dinner? Invite someone over, build a better relationship with them, try and sell them your product or your service, try and create a business partnership. Like you're just adding a little bit more to the dinner that makes it business related instead of just having dinner. So those are a few examples. I hope that was helpful.
0: Yeah, it was helpful. And from all these, I think I understand much better why they call it the American dream is because there you are encouraging people to rise up is not people are not being pressed down once they start to rise oh you want to rise we encourage you once you start to rise higher we're going to give you more benefit more benefits <laughs> that's yeah. my perception right now
1: yeah and i would encourage you to look for these same things in now, they might be, it may be beneficial, but look for these same things in whatever country you live in, because I know that they're there. Like the real estate is there in other countries. I know there's other ways to take advantage of these things. Just find a, an accountant that now not all accountants are going to help you. You might need to find a tax strategist like myself. I don't know other countries' tax codes, so I can't speak to that. But I'm sure there's someone in those countries that could help you keep more of your money, specifically for the high income earners. But the business side of things and the american dream side of things like i think we can accomplish that more so now than ever before because of technology Mm. and the ability to have a business worldwide even if we don't live in the u.s we can still access the u.s market with technology which is really powerful
0: yeah and that's the point i was coming to now you as justin how would you like to work with the people who are not only from the u.s but international
1: Yeah, I think it would be, for the international folks, I'd just love to have a conversation and see if I can't bring value to you and help you find connections of people that can help you. I do have connections in the UK and in Canada of people that can help you access different areas of tax code. Um, But I would love to just see if I can't maybe strategize with you and just sit down and have a conversation and see, is there something that's available that you haven't thought of yet? It might not, it just could be a free conversation. but just bring value to you so you can push forward and reach higher and help more people. Because that's what it's, it's about is the more capital you're able to keep, the more strategy you're able to have, the more value you can deliver to whoever you're trying to serve. And it could be you as an, an employee, just bringing value to your coworkers and the environment you're in, like that could be that value deliverance. But I just want to help people bring more value to who they're helping. And I'm happy to meet with any international people and potentially help them pull that off.
0: And how do they connect with you?
1: Yeah, best way is to go to biglifefinancial.com slash TRP.
0: Okay, so that's www.biglifefinancial.com forward slash TRP. Go there and connect with Justin. you get to understand much more about this. U.S. state, United States tax code, and uh, much more about um, how to grow your wealth and uh, have more dollars in your pocket. Thank you very much, Justin, for coming to our show. We really appreciate.
1: Yeah, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate the opportunity to do this twice. It's a pleasure. You're a you're a gracious host, and I, I thank you.
0: Well, thank you and before you go we as usual we always ask our guests to we'll leave us with a few things that we will go thinking what, what, what was that something to always remember <laughs> what would
1: it be that you are your greatest asset so you being your greatest asset is the reason why it's so viable or, or why it's so important that you choose to keep more of the money you make because if, like if you owned a house and it was leaking money out on a monthly basis at five, $500 a month, you would find a way to stop that from happening because you're your greatest asset. And if you're paying taxes unnecessarily because you could have met or have met areas of the tax code that are yours to keep, but you don't tell the IRS, that's money that's leaking away from you unnecessarily. So you must treat yourself as your greatest asset and your ability to deliver value to this world is far more valuable than anything else and to help people, that's it. And so you got to treat yourself that way. And that means using all the laws and regulations that are available to you to help you lift yourself up and keep more capital and go do more good to bring more value.
0: Wow, that's good. So your, your greatest asset, always remember that. Thank you once again, Justin. We've come to the end of the show today. It's been a pleasure having you here.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it.
0: Yes. So this has been Now Tell Us. I've been your host, Anthony Morore. And together with our guest today, Justin Maxwell, we are saying bye for now.